This is Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 21. We are going to roll right on into part two of podcast number 20, talking about some of the tools that I used over the course of several years to literally shift my life from really not going in the right direction to living an empowered and dynamic life. And today I'm going to tell you this story of living in an RV for a year, particularly what happened at the end of that year where miracles literally started showing up one after another after another in my life. Hi, my name is Thomas Miller, and thank you for joining us. If you have not listened to number 20, you might want to go catch that one first. It lays a little bit of the groundwork. This is the sequel to that, if you will. If you're working top-down in iTunes and you just landed here, this one will stand on its own two feet. Really, I'm going to tell you a story of a year, a slice of a year in my life, and then you could hop down to number 20 and kind of fill in the gaps. Either way will work. So I gave a speech at our Toastmasters Club on this the other day. And by the way, if you're looking for a program, just a a structure that could add confidence and leadership and teaching you how to speak in public, Toastmasters International is a wonderful program. There are clubs in almost every country, and it is a program by design that really helps your confidence. Like anything, you have to find a good club to be a part of. We happen to have a great one here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you're listening from this part of the world, you can join us every Thursday at noon at TNT. And you can look us up, uh, let's see, Facebook, TNTToastmasters.com is our website. And I've really enjoyed the Toastmasters program over the last year and a half. And actually was asked to be the president of this club over the last six months, and we're just wrapping that term up. And it's been a real thrill to be able to be the president of TNT Toastmasters in Addison, Texas. But I gave this speech not long ago, and I started it by saying, what are the two happiest days in the life of an RV owner? (laughs) (laughs) And you know the answer, right? The day that you buy the thing, and then, as I said, this day that you sell the damn thing. Well, four years ago or so, I found myself in a unique place. I was single, I was at the end of a lease, and I was just itchy. I was just not, I didn't know where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. But I thought about this RV lifestyle. We had one when we were growing up. My brother and I have very fond memories of it. And it was something as I just thought, well, maybe I ought to check out what the what living in an RV would really be like to see if it was something that I thought I might want to do later on or even could do what I do remotely. So I thought, hmm, you know, maybe I'll just take off. So when you have all of that combination of recently divorced, you're single, you just don't have a real clear, you know, idea of what you want to do. I mean, that's a great combination for doing something really stupid. (laughs) And when you go through a divorce in your 40s, you're going to do something stupid anyway. So listen to this. I had bought, as my post-divorce present to myself, I had bought a little white Z4 convertible, tan interior, chick magnet, now you got to understand I'm 6 foot 4 so this is like this is like Mutt and Jeff uh, but you know what it was the only one that I could fit in the only convertible one of the few convertibles that I could fit in 
and I, that was a fun little car. I am admitting to you that I traded that BMW Z4 for a three-quarter ton diesel Dodge Ram 2500 pickup truck and a 40-foot fifth-wheel RV. I did. What the heck was I thinking? That wasn't stupid. That was clinical. I mean, that was psycho. But I didn't know where it would go. And I figured, well, I'll do it for a year and then see where we are. So I sold most everything that I had on Craigslist. Now, keep in mind, I had just been divorced and really didn't have that much. But what was really cool about that was that I removed every remembrance of the past. One of the big points of the tools of what it took for me to change my life, number one, and I'll go back to this over and over and over, was just a sheer determination that my life had to change. And I meant, for me, a radical change. I wasn't tweaking. I was overhauling. I was rebuilding the engine. And something that really helped me in that process was removing all the ghosts from the past. So by selling everything and moving into an RV and then taking that RV away from the part of town that I had been living in was a great therapeutic exercise of just getting rid of all the emotional attachments. Now, you might not be a very emotional person, and that might not be that big of a deal for you. You might not even be in a position to think about doing something like that, nor need to. I'm just saying this is something that really cleansed it for me. There might be a way that you could also kind of semi-duplicate that in your own life. But as I've told this story, I've had several people say, oh, man, I really, they get the idea that cleansing and cleaning out is a great way to just have a nice, fresh start. So with the RV ready to go, I piled me and two cats into it, and we took off. And ended up out at a lake about 20 miles outside of Dallas. <laughs> we didn't get so far. Oh, I did some weekend traveling. We, The cats and I, I mean, we took off for several places around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But if you've ever lived in this part of the country or know anything about it, you know that you'd have to go a long, long ways <laughs> to, to find something interesting. But there are some lakes and other areas around, and I did some traveling in the area on weekends, but I had a good job here. So most of what I was doing was based in that part of town anyway. So it was convenient to live there. And the thought of being able to pull up and just take your house with you wherever you go was kind of neat. I learned a little bit about the RV lifestyle, like things like um, that sewer line that goes from the RV over to the sewer pipe, the sewer drain in the ground. Don't touch it when it's frozen outside. That thing becomes as brittle as ice and poof. And I had my share of RV maintenance. My brother is traveling around in an RV himself right now. He and his wife are in semi-retirement, I guess you would say, and they are traveling around, and we were talking and sharing stories the other night about some of his RV repairs that they're having to do right now. So, yeah, I had that and some flat tires and some, oh, some branches that got in the way of things. But all in all, we just pretty much stayed out by a lake not far from, uh, from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But being out there is what really set up and created this unexpected and wonderful benefit that came from the whole experience. 
it got me out of everything that was familiar and gave me time to sit down and really get into the depths of my life and my soul. And many an evening I would spend out there by that lake sitting with a glass of wine and my journal, listening to the sounds of nature, the coyotes howling in the trees and the owls and the frogs and the crickets and just experiencing the quietness of all of that. And I started to pick my life apart piece by piece. Didn't really have an agenda. It just started to bubble out. Now, this was in combination with the other things that I talked about in podcast number 20. But as I started to unpack my life, I really got in touch with who I was. And this is where journaling became so important because I was able to extract everything that was in there, get connected with it, frame it up as to where, why, and how my life had ended up the way it was, and then started to recreate the new life that I wanted. So I was writing not only what was included in the past, but also what I wanted life to begin to look like. And I think we're missing a piece of that in our culture today. We are moving so fast and we are so amped up on five-hour energy drinks and triple shot espressos and monsters. And I think we are so, we are running so fast every day that sitting down and being quiet and just reflecting is something that's missing for many people's lives. And it's such a key ingredient, especially if you're wanting to make major changes. You have to get quiet. You have to get with yourself and you have to look straight at yourself in a mirror. Well, this was the period that I was able to do that. And I did it night after night after night. And it literally shifted my whole perspective. I woke up in my 48th year. And then the really cool part about that, now I had committed a calendar year from January to December to do this. By the fall, I knew that I wanted to move back into town and I wanted to exit the RV. So a couple of things started to show up. First, I was very unexpectedly and very generously included in a business deal that put a substantial sum of money in my pocket, at least substantial relative to where I had been. And that was a miracle. So a nice big financial surprise kicked it off. The next thing that happened almost right behind that is, I mean, what do you do with a diesel pickup truck? I was at the dealership where I bought it from for the fifth time for the same problem. And they pulled me off to the side and they said, we're going to trade this in under the lemon laws. You can walk out in the parking lot and pick anything you want. So I spotted this white and black Jeep Rubicon Wrangler and a new love affair began in my life. <laughs> me and that Jeep. So without a dollar out of my pocket, I was out of the pickup truck and into something I really loved. Next thing was, what in the world am I going to do with this RV? Well, I had a guy that was my maintenance guy, and I partnered up with him and gave him a commission. And, you know, he sold that thing to a game ranger, and we settled on Christmas Eve. Now, you don't sell RVs in December in Dallas-Fort Worth, much less on Christmas Eve. But we actually exchanged the money on that deal, and he took the RV on Christmas Eve. The next thing was finding the new place to live. I had envisioned in my mind and putting these new tools to work, I had created in my mind exactly where I wanted to live and what the place would look like. I had a specific location and I had a specific style and I set out to find it. I was going to live in an apartment and I looked and I looked and I looked and nothing. 
dead end after dead end. Now, here's a really important concept when you're talking about the world of manifesting. When you set your intention, you have a clear vision of what you want, and you take steps in the direction of that vision. When you don't end up making progress, look away. Get busy with something else for a while. That gives the universe time and space to surprise you. And that's what happened. My son was playing on a football team at his high school that was eventually they went to state. So the playoff season just caught my attention more. And I actually just kind of started focusing on that and not as much on the search until one day before a game on a Saturday afternoon, I happened to look on Craigslist and there was this sublease of an apartment, and I, the address caught my attention because it was exactly in the geographic location that I wanted. So I set up to go look at it. And you can imagine, when I walked in the door, it was exactly what I had in mind. So I took it right on the spot and moved back into town. Now, another thing I had been working on during that year in the RV is working with another doctor in town, and we were developing the idea of a Health Talk call-in live radio show. My background was broadcasting, and I wanted to get back on the radio, and I wanted to do something. And so we started talking to some of the radio stations here about getting on the air. Well, the weekend airtime in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is very expensive. So it didn't look like anything was going to happen. When I moved back into that apartment, right over the holiday season, I created a vision board. Now, I wasn't very artistic with my vision board. It was very much a guy thing. You know, it didn't have a lot of creativity to it, but it had the ingredients that I wanted to put into the space to show up in my life. And one of the things that I put on the vision board was a radio microphone. I got a call not long after that from one particular radio station here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, KRLD. It's one of the big news stations that they were making some major restructuring to their weekend lineup and that there was a slot that was going to open up and we could put our health talk show on it. Long story short, I made a couple of phone calls. A particular medical group picked up the sponsorship of it. And when that time opened up in the summer of 2010, I was back on the radio co-hosting and producing a live call-in health talk show. And what's really amazing is the kind of microphone that they use at KRLD. (laughs) Yep, just like the one in the picture over six months before. So as I concluded my speech at the Toastmasters Club, I said, what is the second best day in the life of an RV owner? Maybe it's not the day that he sells it. Maybe it's the day that he stops one more time just long enough to realize and appreciate that this process was exactly what he needed to go through and that it turned out to be the best experience of his life. So what's it been like since? Well, a couple of things for me. Number one is just wanting some stability and things to be normal for a while. I had been through so much change that I just wanted things to be stable for a while, and they have been. And during that time, I've been reading everything I can get my hands on and listening to tons of audiobooks. I've been planning and learning more about how all of this works. And then obviously, you get more than you give. And so by doing this podcast series, it has really put me in the space of contribution. 
The other thing that I've been focusing on a lot over the last year and a half is my health. I started riding a bicycle and just fell in love with it, a road bike. And I've been doing that, got my way up to where I could do 100 miles. Haven't been training at that pace lately, so my objective over the next two months is to get back to that place. And then there are some road races around the area here that I'd like to do uh, later on in the summer. And the other really biggest thing that has happened to me lately is I've been working with a coach for about the last seven months now, and that has been invaluable. I had gone a long, far ways on my own, but there was that last little bit that I knew still wasn't resolved. I knew I still had specific certain areas to grow into, but I just didn't have the technology or the tool or the kick to get there. And this one particular coach crossed my path at just the right time. She is an ontologist. She reads brain patterns and studies and reads energy. And she is also really, really tough. I mean, she doesn't let me get away with anything. And she was able to dig a lot of that deep stuff out and make me really face myself and my identity. She knows my rackets and where I'll hang up and get stuck and knows how to bring me right back out of it. So the last tool in the toolbox that I'll mention here is a coach who will hold you accountable. Somebody who really understands tough love. Somebody who will really hold you accountable to the growth that you've said that you want to achieve. So let's think about a couple of takeaways from all of this, from podcast number 20 and number 21. If you really want to make dramatic changes in your life, if you want things to improve, and really, who doesn't? Any process, ultimately, will work for you. And I strongly believe that the universe will show you what you need for yourself. But number two, you have to make a decision that life must change. And the degree to which you are committed to that is the degree to which you will get the new material and the changes in your life. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he admitted that he is just not that committed to the change. And this is not a drive-through process. The subconscious mind is not programmed overnight, nor can it be reprogrammed overnight. The level of your commitment will make all the difference as to the rest of the process that unfolds for you. And third, start looking. Get in motion. Don't worry about where you're going. Just start moving. Like any other process, if you're looking for a new car, you have to go look at cars. Well, if you're going to change your life in a certain direction, start moving in those directions. And a very loving, kind, generous universe will surround you and support you. Well, that's how I did it. I hope some of this helps for your journey. My name is Thomas Miller. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the ride. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.